Here we are, locked on NFL Friday edition alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We take you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. We will be making our picks as we do on Fridays. Uh, one quick note, though, due to scheduling, we had to change this up and we were not able to do this after Thursday Night Football. So no recap of Cowboys Bears, but we will break everything down that happened this weekend on the Week 14 slate on Monday's program. You can find this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like every show on the network. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Matt at Williamson NFL. And we're getting close to it. Four more weeks of regular season football, Matt. It's getting to the point where, you know, we saw another coach fire this week where there's some teams that are really playing towards next year and draft positions coming in for a lot of these hard to predict games. But there's also some great games too. I mean, some heavyweight fights battling out the rest of the way. So the, the schedule makers have gave us some treats. And getting deep into playoff tiebreakers, which there's 11 different <laughs> there's I, on the 49ers show, man, I was going through it. And for division winners, the tiebreakers are 11 deep. There's 11 different tiebreakers. And then there's 11 more tiebreakers for conference seating, which is even different than the division ones. So uh, it's it's really hard to wrap your head around with some of these games. And I think a lot of them, you don't even have to worry about the tiebreakers because these teams play each other or it'll play itself out through the rest of the, these four games. And and maybe the tiebreakers won't even come into play, but uh, it, it can go just about as deep as, as uh, you could imagine for tiebreakers all the way down to, I, I think the last one was total touchdowns in games that you played the same opponent or something like that. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, they have to have that many because what if it gets that far and we don't know who right. to, we have to flip a coin or something. But yeah, I mean, it's a little crazy. Let's start here with the early games Sunday, the Panthers at Falcons. We have an NFC South matchup, I think, coming into the year. Both these teams had hoped that this would be one of those marquee matchups with major NFC playoff implications. Ron Rivera fired. Does that light a fire under those Carolina Panthers? And who knows, maybe after this one, if it does, Dan Quinn gets the axe. Yeah, I mean, both these teams, division rivals, certainly could have new coaches next year. We already know Carolina will. Atlanta has some injuries. What's Julio's stand, status? What's Hooper's stand, status? I don't know what to make of this game. I mean, this could be a really fun back-and-forth offensive battle, or it could be a real stinker with teams thinking about next year. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know what to think of it. I think the Panthers are the better football team. I'll take them, but I don't feel strong about it. I don't know how this game script's going to go. Yeah, and I don't think the odds makers do either because they've got the home team, the Falcons, favored by three, which means at a neutral field, that's probably just a, a toss-up game. I'm going to take the Panthers in those points, though. Uh, just you know, Maybe just that win-it-for-Ron factor for the Panthers. That's about the only angle I can think of in this game to be somewhat confident in one team over the other. Yeah, exactly. I was leaning that way, too, but man. I don't know. Here we go. This is a game. This is probably one of the, the two or three games that we will have to lead Monday's show with. It is the 10-2 and two Baltimore Ravens, currently the one seed in the AFC, going to Buffalo to face those Bills. We talked with Joe Marino this week about how disrespected the Bills had been, and I think that Cowboys win 
goes a long way to uh, earning some more respect for the Bills. Their schedule is difficult here with the Ravens and the Patriots coming up. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about those Buffalo Bills, but I'm a lot more of a believer now than I was a few weeks ago. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm certainly coming around on them. Uh, I think Josh Allen's played a lot better, but boy, this is a tough talent, a tough challenge for Allen because they don't have great weapons for him to throw to. And that Ravens secondary, I think, has a huge advantage in that area, which means they'll probably be able to blitz him a lot, dedicate other you know, people to the box against the run. Uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Bills offense. But, man, that crowd's going to be really lathered up. It's oh, going to yeah. be a really difficult place to play. Um, I do think the Bills will have a good formula for slowing down Lamar. But here's my worry is more than any defense in the league, the Bills refuse to put an extra defender in the box. And is, are they going to just sit back and let Ingram hammer them, you know, play after play and first and 10 gets to second and four and over and over? I don't know. I, I'm, so I'm expecting a low scoring game, but I'll take the birdies. Ravens favored by five and a half here. If it's low scoring, it might be a little bit more difficult for them to get to that five and a half line. If it was bigger, I would no doubt say, you know what, let's go with the upset. Let's go with the home dog, Buffalo Bills. And I think I still will and and take those five and a half points. But let's go Buffalo. Let's go. I'm on board. I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah, five and a half's a lot at home, considering where that team is right now. I think I'll still take the Ravens. The one win now, Cincinnati Bengals. There are no more winless teams in the NFL. They're in Cleveland to face the five and seven Browns. I think the Bengals are getting like eight and a half in this one. Does that sound right? It might have moved at seven and a half now. Okay. I kind of like Cincinnati to cover. I think that they're getting a little better and Andy Dalton makes them a professional team again. And I just worry about the overall psyche of the Browns. You know, after losing this past week, their season's pretty much shot. And where are they now in terms of us versus the world? And we're going to make the playoffs. I, I could just kind of see a team that's constructed with some questionable character dudes, not imploding, but kind of shutting it down a little bit. Yesterday we talked about the fantasy angle, and the next game we're going to talk about has one of the players you asked me about in Darius Geis. Uh, this one is one for me that's been really odd, and I want to ask you about a certain player, A.J. Green, who I've been stashing on a on a roster in a really deep league, and the roster spot doesn't really mean a lot for me, but he's been questionable every week but doesn't play. Like, he's not going to play, right? That's like, is... I don't think he's going to play the rest of the Why are they even playing, doing this dance where he's like, oh, I'm... I'm active and I'm on the active roster, but I'm questionable. Throw the guy on IR, right? I mean, he's not going to play. I don't think, I think they've known that every step of the way. Um, I really think, and I don't, I'm going to say I have insiders telling me this, but I have some people, there was some chat that they getting the first overall pick is very high priority here. And that's why Dalton was benched for a while. And um, if it was a playoff game, I think you'd see Dalton thrown to AJ green, but why suit him up now, mm -hmm. even though he's a free agent after the year, I could see them franchising him. Who knows? Um, it's an odd organization, honestly. It just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just think they couldn't defend the idea of having Dalton on the bench over Finley anymore, but keeping green now, the lineup seems feasible and maybe it's best for him long-term anyway. So what you're saying is Bengals fans are safe to start buying those custom number nine Joe Burrow jerseys? Probably. Okay. Probably. All right. 
Uh, when we come back, we've got a lot more games to get to, uh, a little bit more about Matt's quandary with Darius Guys facing the Packers. Yesterday, when we talked about your start-sit situation, and as we record this, you can still change it. You had Montgomery or Geis, the Thursday night football guy or Geis going against the Packers. And I was talking about game script. The game script is just not good for either one of these guys. Can the Redskins run the ball enough against the Packers early before potentially getting blown out? The Packers at home favored by 12 and a half here. Yeah, and I don't love the Packers, D, and I do think they can be run on. And I think the Skins can keep it tight for a half or even three quarters if they're down a fair amount. You know, their interim head coach, I think, will just stick with the run because that's what he's all about as an offensive line coach. I mean, I like the Packers here, don't get me wrong, at home. I'm just not huge on the Packers right now. I, I, I mean, I wish they had a, a little more. You know, Adams and Jones and Williams and, of course, Rodgers are fine. I got no qualms with those guys. But uh, what about a tight end or a second receiver? Or, you know, not, and I just mean that in comparison to the other heavyweights in the NFC. I mean, I don't think it's going to matter in this game. Yeah, Jimmy Graham is not the guy anymore, and uh, no. they, they their tight end situation could definitely use an upgrade and just basically anybody stepping up outside of uh, Devontae Adams there in the passing game. You know, the running backs have, have done most of that work aside from Adams this season. But yeah, Packers straight up, obviously, but 12 and a half is a huge line when the over-under Ooh. is only 42. Yeah, I'll take the skins with 12 and a half. How about the Detroit Lions at the 8-4 and four Minnesota Vikings? This line's even bigger, 13 points for the Vikes at home. What about Thielen? What about Cook? I mean, unfortunately, we have to record this one a little earlier, so maybe there's more news when people are listening to this. I bet Dalvin Cook doesn't play, and I would really lean towards shutting him down for this one if I were the Vikes because I like Madison a lot. I also don't love the Vikings cornerback situation, and I know the Lions are struggling. If, you know They're on their third quarterback, but I can see Galladay and Jones getting loose. I don't know if the Vikings win by 13 and a half. I mean, I like them to win this game, but I think it's a little closer than that in the division battle. The latest I'm seeing is Adam Thielen with his hamstring not practicing Thursday yeah. again, which is makes him very doubtful, I'm sure, for Sunday. Uh, so no... Cook, no, uh, no, Adam Thielen. Yeah, that's that, that could be a rough one there for Minnesota. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe not thirteen points, but you still like the Vikings at home, yeah. and they're still fighting they're for building, that. I think they win, but yeah. I think their defense has some chinks too. And and they're still a game out of the lead for the NFC North, and still fighting for seeding in the NFC. So this is an important game still for the Vikings. Absolutely, and I I like the team a lot. I just don't know if they blow out the the Lions. And with the Lions, by the way, one thing we never talked about was David Blau last week, the Lions quarterback, since he played on Thursday. We didn't really talk much about those games. That was that was a heck of a performance from this undrafted guy coming out of nowhere to get a start for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not bashful. And, you know, Galladay and Jones, as I mentioned, can beat single coverage repeatedly. And he's not afraid to whip it downfield. And I could see them connecting maybe once or twice in this game downfield. Let's keep it moving here. We've got, where'd my list go of games? Oh, here we go. So this is going to be another one we might lead the show with on Monday. My San Francisco 49ers on the road at 10-2 and two in New Orleans to face the 10-2, and two, currently one seed in the NFC, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, great game. I mentioned there's some heavyweight battles. This absolutely qualifies. I think they're the two best teams in the NFC right now. 
I'm going to take the Saints, though. In their building, Niners are coming off a really tough game. Um, brutal stretch for them. I don't know that they'll run all over the Saints. I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going 49ers, and they're and right now the Saints are favored by two and a half. So that you know, just take about those right. couple of points there, and I think it moved from three maybe to two and a half from the initial line that I saw. I was a little bit surprised that the Saints were were favored in this one because of how good the 49ers are. And but the Saints are also very good. Um, one thing that I think skews in the 49ers' favor is Teron Armstead, left tackle from the Saints. If he to play, if he does play, he won't be 100. percent And the 49ers have just flat out dominated every single opponent that had a pocket type quarterback. And Drew Brees mm, is amazing. Yeah. Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. I picked the Saints preseason to win the Super Bowl, so I love the Saints. And they're at home. That's a tough place to play. But the matchup, I think, is better for the 49ers versus the Saints than it was for the Ravens or even the Seahawks. The guys that are in the pocket, the 49ers have killed, like every single opponent. Green Bay Packers included, they dominated them. Uh, They dominated the Rams. They dominated uh, every quarterback they faced that is a pocket-type passer. I think the 49ers can really give Drew Brees all he can handle, hit him multiple times. That also slows down Michael Thomas in the pass game. And... um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, be able to run it a little bit against the Saints and uh, a lot of George Kittle probably. So that's that's the recipe I'm seeing for the 49ers. I like the Niners in this one. I'll take those couple of points. Yeah, it's a, it's a good good recipe, and I, I so you laid out a lot of good points there. If I could ever get the Niners a three and a half, I absolutely would. I don't know, two and a half is enough for me. And as you were saying that, I'm sitting here thinking, boy, Sean Payton's so good and. They're ten and two with their Hall of Fame quarterback missing what six games. <laughs> you know, I mean, That's, talk yeah. about an awesome coaching job. Maybe there's more Taysom Hill in a Lamar Jackson like fashion in this one than usual. I would, I would throw Taysom Hill out there and, and try yeah. to utilize that weapon. And you mentioned Sean Payton. I think this is probably one and two in Coach of the Year right now with Shanahan and Sean Payton. No, I agree. I got to say, though, my guy here in Pittsburgh yep. has done a whale of a job with revolving door at a lot of spots. So there's a there's a lot of push local that Tomlin should get it to. But I think I'd take Peyton. I think this is actually a good topic. Maybe next week we should jump into yeah, we should. Coach of the Year power rankings because Tomlin deserves to be in there. Peyton, Shanahan, I think Sean McDermott in Buffalo, Pete Carroll. Harbaugh. Pete Carroll, how did the... How do the Seahawks keep winning, and they're worse talent-wise, but they have a better record than some of those teams with all of the talent. The coach in New England's pretty good, too. Right. I mean, I he think doesn't he's ever get talked about. But permanently on the list, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's kind of like Carroll, but, like, the Patriots are 10-2, and two and their offense is flat-out bad. It's unbelievable, yes. Yeah. It's a lot good, of good candidates, so. Yep, good coach, good quarterback, and you're going to be a good football team for a very, <laughs> very long time. Yeah, let's get more into that next week. Let's move on to not the game of the week, the Miami Dolphins at three and nine traveling to New York to face the four and eight Jets. Yeah, I really liked what the Jets were doing until last week. And it, it's, <laughs> the ship sailed in, with the Jets. Dolphins are still playing very hard in New York. I'll take the Jets, but this kind of reminds me of that Panthers Falcons conversation where I don't know what to think of these guys. Yeah, it's it's really hard, and I like the way that the the Jets are sort of developing consistency. Is obviously a big problem there, but I'll take Sam Darnold. And I'll take the Jets. Uh, they're favored by five and a half here, so I'm, wow. I'm nowhere putting any of my money on any of this game. But straight up, yeah, I like the Jets at home. 
Yeah, Jets minus five and a half is something that shouldn't be said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, come on, wow. That's not a, a sentence I thought I w- that would be uttered this season. <laughs> no, wow, that's a lot <laughs> for uh, anybody. Let's, let's go to the, the Colts at six and six now, fighting for their playoff lives in the AFC. They're going to be at Tampa to face the five and seven Buccaneers. Here's my key to that game is I think Marlon Mack's going to get back. It sounds like T.Y. Hilton will be back. I know Paris Campbell is back. And it's kind of just a Bucks trend. It's a massive Bucks trend that nobody runs on them, and which isn't ideal for the Colts. But people throw all over them. So can Brissett and Hilton and Jack Doyle and all those guys put up a lot of points this week on the road? I lean towards no, you know, like I like that group, but Hilton hasn't looked like himself in a long time. And you kind of know that unless Jameis throws four picks, which is always possible, I think Evans and Godwin have good matchups. And I think this is a sneaky, a lot of passing yards, a lot of points kind of game. The over-under is 46 and a half. And Tampa, low. I think the, the odds makers are with you with Tampa favored by three in this one, but uh, I, I will take the Colts on the road and give me those points. I just think the Colts are a better team and we'll put together, you know, a more complete football game. And I think the Colts are one of those teams where they're going to beat the teams that are not that good. And I think the Buccaneers, even though they're only one game worse in the win loss column, I think that they're clearly not as good of a team as the Colts to me, even though they do have some, some weapons on the offensive side of the football um, and, and are good against the run, which isn't a great situation. And they are at home, but I like the Colts on the road here. And I think uh, he's just going to continue to make that AFC South very interesting. Yeah, and it's a good point. And I know they're on the outside looking in, and it's an uphill climb, but they have more to play for as well, the Colts. Absolutely. Okay, we'll get to those afternoon and evening games next. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at MyBookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON to double your first deposit. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. One more early game here. We have the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans, Texans at home favored by nine. Nine. Uh, I think I still like Houston. Uh, That's a tough one to me. I think Houston's playing really well. I think that this number is probably too big because everyone saw them on national TV. But I don't trust Denver. I don't trust Locke. I mean, one note we haven't mentioned much is, boy, Cortland Sutton has been amazing this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think he could have a big game against the secondary. It, the Broncos can probably run the ball and keep it close. I'll take Houston. I, I want the points, though. I, I just, I, I'm not sure that Houston's that type of team yet to blow out the, the Broncos. I think the Houston Texans are good enough to, or they should blow out a a, a, a worse team 
at home. Nine is a lot, though, but I would still lean toward the Texans here. Uh, but, yeah, Cortland Sutton, good call. And we haven't talked a lot about Cortland Sutton here. He's got 54 catches on the year. He's nearing 1,000 yards, 906 yards and six touchdowns. And uh, becoming that big-bodied, you know, prototype sort of, um, and he can use that body to make plays down the field too. So yards per catch is high, despite being more of you know a bigger bodied, maybe possession type wide receiver that you thought Cortland Sutton would be. Nice development there. Who's throwing to him is key in this one as well, which is why I like the Texans so much more at home. I'll even give away those nine points. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I hear a tough call for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this one financially. Right. Um, a little Sutton note, and I wish I could quote who said this, but. It's a fantasy nugget that fantasy playoffs start this week. And uh, there, I always like that the, there's studies done that say, okay, X, X amount of the people that own Christian McCaffrey got in the playoffs this year. Like he's the – him and Lamar are the yes. top two that if you own those guys, there's a high percentage you ended up in the in the fantasy playoffs. New England's defense was also really high on that list. Cortland Sutton was like third or fourth. Wow. It, yeah, and I thought about that for a while. I'm like, well, you probably drafted him in the sixth round as your wide receiver two or three, and mm-hmm. he performs like a wide receiver one, and you had somebody good in the rounds ahead of him. But, you know, I'm like, wow. I mean, if you would have picked Courtney Sutton where he was going, you're in really good shape. And there's some team out there that, uh, you know, somebody at was at their draft, and there's is probably the guy who was on auto draft, right? And he ends up with... Yeah. McCaffrey in the first and Michael Thomas in the second and it comes back around and um, you know maybe he doesn't even feel that great about Cortland Sutton he's like oh who's Cortland Sutton right and he gets him in the middle rounds and then gets Lamar late in the draft and is just dominating his league and the Patriots D right (laughs) (laughs) afternoon games we've got the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Jacksonville both teams at four and eight a quick Jaguars Nugget, Miles Jack has been put on IR, so his season is done, and uh, the Jaguars season, not actually the Jaguars and Chargers, both their seasons not going as planned here. Chargers on the road favored by three. I think this is really a running back versus running back type of deal, and that Jags run defense is horrible. Chargers run defense isn't very good. The Chargers traditionally travel pretty well, but, man, they're, they're a disappointing squad right now. I'll still take them. I think the Jags are better off with the Minshew than Foles and will ride him the rest of the way. But the Chargers have more big play talent overall. I like the shot. I like LA here. Leonard Fournette about to go over a thousand yards for the season. He is 11 shy of that number, but another sophomore wide receiver, DJ Shark here, almost identical numbers. In fact, to Cortland Sutton, he's got four more catches than Sutton. He's got about, that 20 fewer, 25 fewer receiving yards and a couple more touchdowns. So, uh, some I soft- bet he's high on that fantasy list too. You Absolutely. get him in the 12th round, right? Yeah. Late. I, mean, I bet he went undrafted in a lot of drafts. No doubt. No doubt. Let's go to Oakland, where the Tennessee Titans will be facing the Raiders. Titans at seven and five, currently second place in the AFC South. And the Raiders, I think, got, um, got put in their place last week. They're, they're, they're not going to go win the AFC West like a lot of people hoped they would and challenge those Chiefs. But at 6-6, six and six, their playoff hopes are still alive. Yeah, I've been singing the praises of the Titans heavily for the last couple of weeks, and I feel very justified in doing so. But they are a roller coaster team, and going into Oakland, if you don't do it often, is nasty. You know, it's, it's 
the field's old and the fans are crazy and it's a great fan base. It's a hard place to play. I'm still going with the Titans, though. I just think Derrick Henry rolls all over these guys. And I really like the way Tannehill's playing. I don't think that's fluky. The Tannehill Titans are a real thing, man. They're rolling, and they're favored by two and a half on the road. Uh, I don't like them being in Oakland with this one, but uh, I'm I'm not going to bet against these current Titans right now. No, I think the Raiders have kind of showed us who they are, that they're a rebuilding team. They're not a playoff contender. We've got the 7-5 and five Pittsburgh Steelers currently in that playoff seeding right now in the AFC. They're in Arizona to face the 3-8-1 and one Cardinals. The Cardinals were so bad last week, and I like where this organization's going. Like, I'm sure they're happy with Kyler Murray, and I think the coach, and, you know, they made the right decisions there. But I watched a lot of the Cardinals this week because they're playing the Steelers. Their defense... Let's just say the effort is not impressive. You know, that there's a lot yeah. of business decisions being made out there, not a lot of hustling to the football, not a lot of taking on blocks, and the Steelers aren't good on offense by any stretch, but they're just going to keep handing it to Benny Snell, and I, I like Pittsburgh here. There's no way the Steelers, quote, take them lightly. They can't take anyone lightly with Doc Hodges as their quarterback. <laughs> right. they, they win this game. I'm with you. I, I like the Steelers on the road. Uh, they're favored by two and a half. I don't think that's too much to scare no. me off of the Steelers there. And the Cardinals are kind of like the Jets where you see occasionally there's a few games here and there where you're like, okay, this is what we can build on. And then the next week they lay a complete egg because uh, they're, they're just not that good. And so yeah. uh, the Steelers, I think defensively, are going to be too much for the Cardinals who uh, defensively themselves aren't very good. I mean, as you know, the Cards played the, the Niners pretty tight. But they've lost five in a row, and Kyler Murray's the most sacked quarterback in the league, and that number could be way higher if he wasn't such a great athlete. Like, if it was Rosen back there behind this group, he would have 20 more sacks. <laughs> right. Pittsburgh's going to be all over him. Absolutely, yeah. And the Cardinals, even when they play well, are still losing games, so that's, that, that's kind of their problem. Yeah, right. They're still learning. And talking about marquee matchups, here's another one in the AFC, the Chiefs at the New England Patriots. One of the things I always say I would never do is when the Pats aren't looking good is bet against them, especially in their building. Yeah. Huge game. I think the Chiefs beat them bad. I, I'm amazed that that just came out of my mouth. I know. I just think the Patriots' offense is horrendous, and I know the Chiefs' run defense is a problem, but their pass defense is quite good, and they create a lot of pressure, and they create big plays. And if you notice the Patriots' defense, yes, it's awesome. But they've been getting abused in the middle of the field lately. I think this is a big Kelsey game. And I think Mahomes shows everybody, hey, remember me? I'm still an elite, elite player. Tough spot, obviously, but I like the Chiefs. Yeah, and uh, that's (laughs) the... I'll regret that on Monday for sure. Well, the Patriots, you you get three points too. But uh, the Patriots at home, uh, I don't know if I can bet against that team. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I think the chiefs are a better team right now than the Patriots as good as the Patriots are and as good as their record is. And I think the chiefs haven't really hit that, that stride and maybe they are right now and, you know, getting healthy and getting uh, everything right in house to, to go on that run and go on that playoff run. Uh, 
I think the odds makers have the Patriots by three here because people throw money at the Patriots. And so even if, you know, you think the Chiefs are better at a neutral site, people would, if this was, you know, anything other than the Patriots favored, there'd be so much money coming in on the Patriots. Um, but I'm sure. still going to I'm still going to take the Pats here because of, like you said, uh, when you think the Pats might not be playing well, they're going to go kill somebody. And so we'll see what Bill Belichick draws up for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I think the Chiefs best football's ahead of them. And they've been playing better lately, but I think this is the national statement where everyone goes, hmm, maybe we should put the Chiefs first in our power ranks or second right. in our power ranks. And and that's exactly where they'll be. And that's entirely possible because the Patriots, with this big record they built up and all those defensive statistics, there were some really, uh, I'll say some, some lean opponents early on the schedule for the Patriots. Very, very, very lean. The Seahawks at the Rams Sunday night football. Yeah, we talked some Rams yesterday. Um, I do think that, you know they destroyed the Cardinals, as we mentioned. I think they're a very untrustworthy team, though, and I don't know that they're going to have a great home field advantage. I trust the Hawks to travel well, handle their business. I think Wilson shows that he's just a much better player than Jared Goff. I like Seattle. I'm so annoyed at the line on this one. The Seahawks should be favored, and this line is just even. It's a pick 'em. And so I'm kind wow. of annoyed by that because the Seahawks are obviously have a much better record. The Rams haven't played great all year, but the Rams are playing better right now. The Rams have been tough for the Seahawks recently. Uh, the Seahawks play better at home. The Rams play much better at home. So I, I like the Rams in this one. Even annoys me because I wanted to be able to get some points on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, but I think Seattle's just a much better team right yeah, now. They're, they're, they're just they're just a good team. Uh, let's go to Monday Night Football. The last one here for us, Matt. The New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Sounds like we're going to get Eli. I think that makes this game kind of fun. You know, <laughs> like it could be his going away party. Um, I don't know if he's going to be good, bad, or whatever. But I think he'll get the team out of the difficult situations, be good to line scrimmage, dump it to Barkley a lot, maybe get Ingram back. But I still think they get their doors blown off. I mean, I, I don't like the Giants' pass defense at all. I mentioned Wentz yesterday, how I think he's starting to show, uh, how I expect him to show that he's going to be a, a high-quality player. Um, Alshon's healthy. Uh, I could see Miles Sanders having a big day. I, I like Philly to win pretty big here. I wish this was in New York so Eli could play right. in front of those home fans and beat a division rival in the Eagles. Uh, nine and a half points is the line. The Eagles are favored at home, so give me give me all those points. Give me the Eli-led New York Giants. We're out of time here. That is the schedule for Week 14. It should be a good one, and things are getting very serious now. In the NFL, we'll break it all down Monday right here, Locked on NFL.